Okay, so the last topic I want to talk about is basically getting a postdoc position. So to maybe set the scene of where I'm coming from with this question is that I've got about, or pretty much exactly, yeah, exactly 40 months um, left of my PhD contract. And after that, I'll be unemployed, but hopefully I have a PhD and can apply for postdoc positions. Yeah, to maybe set the scene a bit more, obviously, I'm not asking you as like a world leading expert on postdoc applications, um, but more as a kind of, uh, let's say, the metaphor might be like an older brother, someone who's like one step ahead of me in this whole process and who can, you know, who's, who's seen a few things, knows a few people and can maybe give some advice here. So um, maybe we can start by talking about how you got your position, because it seems like that was, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the process was like of getting a position, but it seems like uh, you're pretty happy with what you're doing and who you're doing it with and where and that kind of stuff. So how did, yeah, maybe I'll just ask very broadly, how did you get your position? I yeah no it's a it's a very good question I think it's also a very important question because for everybody who you know like looks for a PhD position or a postdoc I think it's pretty much a very similar process so it's just it's just a very important thing that you choose your your lab wisely and it's kind of um, I'm happy to talk about that and 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 yes as you said for me it was a very positive experience. And part of this is, you know, maybe I was just lucky, but also I, I, I like to think that it was not just luck because what, what I, what I did and what I would, you know, recommend to anyone is I, I tried to do like a more like a systematic approach and, and really think about uh, how to choose it and try to follow my <laughs> kind of system. So I, what, what, what I did is, I mean, or maybe can I want a question before maybe, um, because at least to me, this seems like a relevant factor that might be worth explaining kind of where you were at the time. So from what I can tell is the publications you have when you apply for stuff is important. You know, if you have great publications, then it's probably easier to get a position than if you have nothing. Um, so when you were applying for positions, yeah, did you already have publications? What were, which ones? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I do have, um, a few really, I would say really, really good publications from my PhD where I'm, you know, like I think it's, it's good work and, um, I'm happy about this. But the interesting thing is when I, when I started applying for postdoc positions and applying in my case, this wasn't a very long period. I, I, I actually just sent emails to a couple of people and asked them to meet at SFN, um, which was an in-person conference at the time. Um, so, and hopefully it's going to be again soon. But anyway, so I, I just sent emails to a few people. And, um, at this time, I did not have public, I, I did have one publication, which was in Frontiers. And it's not even like a, a very empirical work because this was, this was more like from the technical background that I have. I, I had programmed like a toolbox, um, for like a little bit more a complex analysis that like this grid cell, like representation analysis. Um, so, so this, this, this really was the only publication. But so, I mean, you had publications from before your PhD, right? But. Oh yeah, I guess that was a true. bit different because that was more like, yeah, from a technical side rather than as a scientist. Or yes, correct. Uh, so the publications that I had when I was applying for a postdoc position were, you know, either from like a different field that wasn't like super relevant for what I wanted to do in my postdoc. Or it was this one publication, which was, you know, in the spatial navigation area, it was grid select representations, but this was really like a technical thing. It basically was like a software product that I had, or we had um, 
developed. So I did not, you know, send an email out to these people saying, Oh, well, look at my publication list. I was, I was really, um, saying like, okay, this is what I have done. This is what I can do, you know, technical background combined with like empirical, empirical focus. And, and, and I also said like what I want to do, um, and how this would fit with, um, you know, what the lab is doing. So I really knew what these labs are doing and i basically kind of gave them an outline of my potential role in their lab right and i did it could be different maybe for others but i did not have the impression that that kind of not having high impact or whatever kind of uh, publications I, i didn't feel that this was a problem because I got um, very positive feedback. In the end, I was very lucky to be able to even choose the postdoc position that I, that I ended up taking. So, so, and, and all of this, you know, was before I had this, you know, current biology paper, before I had the nature communications paper, before all of that. So that, um, yeah, but so I guess that, that just was to, very good. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's maybe important to say that it's not, you know, your career isn't over if you haven't published. Yeah, no, I I don't think so at all. And one thing maybe also to say is, um, you know, it maybe even like, obviously it's good if you have publications, but you know, if you have, if you have like a PI or an advisor who, you know, like is known in the field and this paper, this person might, you know, just reach out to, to others and, and tells them like, okay, well, you know, this guy or, or he or she is like really, really able and yeah, there are no publications, um, but you know, they will come or they are not there for this and that reason. But you know, it, I think it's just more important to show what you can do. And if, if you have someone like your advisor who maybe writes your letter or reaches out to people, um, I think that can more than enough compensate for, you know, maybe not having, having one or two publications more i mean i guess it's also uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong here but i'm assuming also it's you might not have had the publications but you already had projects that were developed enough that you could show that you knew what you're doing right it's not yes. like i have these like five dreams i want to you know i'm kind of working on these things and it's clear that there's nothing there i'm assuming your the two papers the or like the two high impact papers at least you got from your phd i'm assuming it was already clear that once you talked to potential uh employers or supervisors about it it was clear like okay yeah he's there's something here like yes and obviously if you get to that stage you know you're gonna talk with them in more detail about like uh, what you have done or what you want to do and then i was i was able to you know like really present stuff which wasn't published but obviously yes i i um i had enough to show them because yeah as you said these projects were already developed and some of them were even like um, submitted at this point already it was just not accepted and published but i had enough to to talk about and just very recently, Nathia, Nathia also told me, I, I, I wasn't aware of this, but she said like, oh yeah, the, the most impressive thing for her or, or like or one very impressive thing for her was like, I was really prepared. Like I, we, we just met informally at SFN, like I sent her an email and she said, she said like, oh yeah, let's meet. And, um, I had a presentation on my laptop. I, I didn't, you know, like kind of force her to, to, to look at this, but <laughs> I asked her like, yeah, you know, like I can't tell you what I've done. I have a presentation here and show you a few things. And then I, I really, I gave kind of a presentation, but in a more like, um, we were just chatting about it. Um, but I had stuff prepared. And so she, she seemed to really like that. And it is, you know, 
this I think is like, yeah, I hadn't had published that at this time, but I could really show her that this is, this is cool stuff, you know, so, so I, I think this is what, what convinced her. And, and I did the same thing with, um, with other people I met. So, and, and, um, it seemed to have worked really well. Yeah. I mean, one thing that what you said reminded me of is that, I mean, so maybe one thing, like I've been in quite a lot of different labs, maybe just to say that out front. So, uh, and lots of them aren't on my CV. So this could be any of them. Um, and I mean, it's not really a negative thing, but I don't want to like, you know, talk about anyone's application process or these kind of things. But I was once in a lab where the PI really struggled to get a good postdoc. And the interesting thing is then we met with some of the applicants and with a lot of them, I, I wasn't even sure whether they knew who the PI was or like what the group was doing. I was really shocked how, I mean, these were often, or some of them were, I think, I, I'm assuming people, I can't evaluate, but I'm assuming people who knew technically what they were doing. But sometimes I was really there like, do they even know like what the lab does? And I was really, uh, I, I guess if you then come up with like a presentation and say like, look, here's what I'm going to do in your lab and how it fits in, then yeah, I mean, that's going to be a huge advantage, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely something that I would recommend to, you know, like, know who you're talking to and then be prepared it doesn't need to be you know like a presentation in that sense but um definitely you want to know who you're talking to you want to know um and i guess also make that clear right yes yes and you you know i guess this should come up naturally in conversation anyway but if it doesn't then somehow make it clear that you've read the papers and know like specifically why you're Yes, of course. I mean, I mean, I guess for me, it seems like a very good way to do that is, you know, maybe you don't want to say, oh, yeah, I have read all your papers and they're really good. Maybe the, the even better way would be to, you know, like say, okay, uh, here, here is what I can do. And this is how it would kind of fit into your lab, like what yeah, we could exactly. do together, you know, like I would love to build upon what you have done and, and obviously show that you know what they have done by saying, okay, I want to expand on this or you know like just move this one step further so it at the end of the day i also have the impression that you might end up doing something very different because when you're in the lab it's a different story you know there might be someone who is already working on this or something like that but but it's just really good if you can show you know what they are doing and you can show that you've made up your own mind like how your own work would would kind of um, fit with kind of what they are doing currently or what they have done in the past so how specific were the things that you suggested or you know it's not like saying i'm gonna do this in your lab but uh, you know i guess you said like here's some ideas i have some things i want to do that fit with the stuff that the lab is already doing so like how specific were the suggestions or projects or ideas you had when you came to it was it often i don't know was it fairly vague like or was it very specific like here's the question and you know you already knew like what the what the first experiment was going to be or yeah mm-hmm. how, how kind of specific was that in your case yeah that's a it's a good question and i have to say so i i talked with a couple of people when i when i was looking for postdoc jobs and it was very different so the extent to what these people would expect me to have like a specific plan was very different um so i think honestly this this depends a lot on like the mentality of of the potential advisor also so my ideas were you know like not 
planned to a level of, you know, this is what I want to do exactly. And I have this, you know, paradigm in mind and so on. It was more like a, like a brainstorming stage where you're like, okay, you have done this and this is really exciting. You, you want to show that, you know, you, you like this kind of work and you, because I mean, otherwise, you know, you shouldn't even apply at this job yeah. or for this job. So you want to just make it clear that you find that very interesting and that you have ideas and that you can develop ideas for it that, that, you know, can be merged um, with what they are interested in. And so, um, for me, this was always at a, at a brainstorming level where I said like, okay, this kind of paper was really interesting. I would like to, you know, like bring this to, you know, like more than navigation context at this and that, or we could use, we, we, we could look at, you know, what grid cells are doing in this, some, something like that, but not, not really planned to a level of detail so that it's kind of a ready to go project. But also I will say that there were, so, so I had also conversations with people who I believe wanted to hear more. So, um, I, I think it's just very different. I guess it also depends, you know, if somebody has like, looks for, is looking for a postdoc who is then just supposed to do like a project for which there is already funding and they know exactly what they, what they want to do. Then, you know, like your own ideas, they might be good, but at the same time, they have a very specific role in mind that they want you to fill. But then there are other, there are other PIs who really look for postdocs and give them a lot of freedom, um, and stuff. So, so there it might be maybe more helpful if you have like a very specific, like clear direction that, that you are interested in and, and, and give them like a more sense of what exactly you want to do. So I think, it, I think it's, it's just really hard to say. It's something you probably also have to just feel out when you're talking with them. Um, but definitely having, a plan in mind um, doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's a good point you made. That uh, wait, what was the point? Yeah, that that some positions are specific to a project, and they almost want someone to just do the thing that's already like laid out for them. And yes. in other cases, is I mean, I've heard of some people who uh, this might even have been published on the episode, but I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, you know, I had a conversation with one person who said. Uh, they arrived at the postdoc position and then the first day the pi said so what do you want to do yeah, and you know some is super op some are super open and some are like very much like i've got two years to do this experiment do it please yeah i mean i guess it's 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 something that is hard to to know beforehand and um, maybe maybe um if you have kind of connections it's good to you know like find this out uh maybe by your your current advisor or maybe maybe some kind of, or, or maybe you you know somebody in the lab which is obviously the best case scenario but if you don't you you should be prepared to kind of if you really want to be in this lab um you should be prepared to you know like basically fill both of these roles potentially you know like on the one hand develop new new ideas and be able also to present that in a meeting um, but maybe also be prepared to you know like meet the person who who already knows what they want you to do so both i i know that both can happen and um, you just have to you know, you also have to make up your own mind before um if you would be fine with you know like being told, yeah, this is the project. I want you to do this because if not, then you know it's not a bad thing. It's just, and this is probably not the right lab. 
I think this is something that I have to be very careful with because I'm not very good at executing someone else's plans. <laughs> Sometimes I struggle executing my own plans. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I basically need a post. I mean, I have a PhD supervisor who gave me lots of freedom. And um, in, in some sense, it's also partly somewhat illusory because I think we have very similar interests. So that makes it easier for him to give me freedom knowing that, you know, <laughs> I'm more or less going to do what he's interested in anyway. So yeah, I think that's, for example, for me, that's probably something I need to really pay attention to because if I don't have a supervisor who gives me freedom, I just don't think it's going to be a good fit. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. And the thing is, there is even more to that. I, I feel the same like you do, you know, obviously sometimes it feels like it could be easier if somebody just tells you what to do, but then, but then at the same time, you have to, you have to consider one more thing and that's eventually you probably want to, or maybe you want to be like a PI yourself. Right. And then if you haven't like learned to, you know, like develop your own ideas or to, to even have ideas and, and, and know how to, I don't know, squeeze them out or whatever. And, um, and, and, if you're just following some someone else's ideas or maybe even just execute projects that have been designed even without you then you might not really know how to do this to do this you might not learn this carefully how to do it so um i personally think if you if you want to end up like having your own lab and be a pi yourself then um it's probably the better thing to look for a postdoc position where you get that freedom to you know like obviously within the scope of, 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 um, your advisor, but to develop your own ideas, to, you know, find out uh, to make mistakes at the design level and to kind of correct it and not just get something and execute it. I think that that's like, if you look towards the future of, of like being in academia, I think it's just very important to not just execute someone else's plans. Yeah. I mean, what I've noticed as, you know, PhD student who had a fair amount of freedom is that, the hardest part for me is like really deciding, I guess because research projects often take a lot of time to do, deciding what to do is much more important almost than, I mean, not how you're doing it, but right, like if you're doing a project that's going to take you like six to six months to two years or whatever, you really have to be sure that that's something worth doing. Yes. And I think, for example, I've done a fair amount of side projects in my PhD, probably too many. And that's, I think, something, for example, that I've really learned, like a kind of don't, yeah, don't like be careful for, for what you start almost and i think that's part of the learning process of like doing your own projects um how as i said i've got exactly 40 months 14 months left um how early did you start contacting people looking for people i mean was it clear for you for example you had like three people who were like yeah i'm gonna contact them and i, I hope one of them works out because they're they're perfect or whatever from the outside mm -hmm. uh was it very much uh or maybe i'll use my example again here's just as a as a starting point or something to riff on. Um, I kind of know which direction I want to go fairly clearly. I mean, it's a, lots of things could fall under that umbrella term, uh, but I kind of know fairly much what I want to do. But right now, I don't have a specific person where I'd say like, okay, this seems like a perfect fit or whatever. Yeah, so like how far, like how, for example, how long does it take for these application processes? And So huh, I have to think about this. So I, I don't, yeah, no, 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 it comes back. So yeah, no, I think I started applying really early, but again, I didn't formally apply, you know, um, I would, I was at a stage where I knew, okay, I, um, 
I'm probably gonna be ready to, you know, like leave the PhD nest kind of maybe in say a year or something, or maybe, maybe, maybe I was thinking it's gonna be six months, but turned out to be a year, something like that. So, uh, so I think, I think it was like maybe, I felt like, okay, I'm going to be ready summer. Yeah, I I, th- I thought I'm going to be ready summer next year. And so I started applying like um, six months before. And these six months before, um, it was it was really just, you know, this was, yeah, I, I felt I would finish in summer. And so SFN came up, I think, in November the year before I wanted to, to finish. And so I thought, okay, um, so this is going to be a good opportunity to, you know, like talk to people because next SFN is like a year later. And SFN is just this big thing or was this big thing where you just meet so many people also, you know, from basically all countries, um, also the US and, and everything. So, so this for me was a good opportunity and I didn't just want to wait for the next one because that might have been too late. So I, I was reaching out to them like say six, seven months before. I wanted to to be done, and um, I just sent emails. Um, I, I I think I attached my CV, but basically I was just um, you know explaining who I am and these kind of things. And then yeah, I I think literally everybody responded and said like, yeah let's meet. But this was very informal, you know, like um, yeah yeah just yeah Sorry, let's meet uh, at Starbucks. Did they have jobs, or did you just say these are like people I'm interested in? I'll just contact them. Like yeah, did they have positions, or was it just? I had no idea. I, I, so, I mean, I, uh, I can explain a bit more how I, how I kind of narrowed down the kind of pool of, of, yes. of labs, if, if that's maybe helpful. So, because <laughs> yeah, that's something where I tried to, to be quite systematic, I would, I would say. Um, so, and, and I'm hoping that this might be helpful for others, um, mm-hmm. maybe. So. First of all, I, I think there are just things that, that you can easily find out, right? So, so, which is, uh, first of all, you, you should, you should ask yourself, like, what, what are you interested in? But I think at, at the level, like, after your PhD, um, that should be pretty obvious, like, okay, you want to start a postdoc and work on something that you're interested in. Um, uh, but that just, first of all, narrows down the, the, the possibilities of where, of the labs that you want or you could apply. And again, I didn't look at, at open positions or anything. I really just basically said, okay, these are, these are, these are all the labs that I would be interested in. I even wrote down a list of labs whenever I heard like a talk somewhere or whatever. And I heard like, oh, they're working on stuff that sounds interesting. I just wrote down the lab and the PI's name just to, to have this list. And I built this during my PhD. And so. Yeah. You mean like to not start from zero? Like exactly. Like before going like, oh God, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So then, then when I kind of was nearing the end of my PhD, I had this list of people where, where I knew, okay, they, they are doing interesting work that, that might be interesting for me. And then, yeah, you kind of narrow this down based on what you really want to do and, and also take other things into, into consideration for, of course, you know, like personal things, like where do you want to live and, and all of that. But also, you know, a very important thing is also like what kind of, methods do they use what kind of opportunities do they give you in terms of you know what university is it what what kind of equipment do they have do they have like just eeg but you want to do fmri these kind of things but but that's that's pretty that's pretty obvious so that's that's very easy to find out right um but then there are other things that are much harder to find out but i i really focused on this stuff so so um and this is i really wanted to you know, um, look at the, at the people that I, that I'm supposed to work with. And I think this is an incredibly important thing because there may be 
very good scientists in your research area and you know like on my list of people that i had that i had created during my phd lists of people who are doing cool science interesting things you know th there might be many really good scientists but also if you if you are like me you really want to work with people who are not only good scientists but also much more than that you know who are you know it's very important that they are good mentors or good managers really um who understand you know like how to collaborate um with with others and put together teams of people that are that are both really good really able to 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 do this kind of work but also who are who are nice and and, and easy to work with um you want to work with people who are teachers right even at the postdoc stage you you have to learn a lot of stuff and you want you want to work with people who can teach you that kind of stuff so and these kind of things are much harder to find out than um, just you know what they are working on and if they have like high impact publications and things so for me honestly my main task obviously first of all you see okay these labs are interesting they have good publications so, so that and they are you know like in the in the right country whatever you're interested in so that's that that's the first step but then i i, I made it kind of my main task to to really get a feeling of um how is this person and then um when you maybe get invited to the lab or you give a talk there like how are the people there in this lab maybe even beyond the lab in this institute this to me is such an important thing and i think it's kind of underrated because it's, it's almost like you're applying somewhere and you you know um there are maybe like i don't know 25 other people who apply for the same position you feel like oh please you know please give me a job but i think it's super important to kind of see it from the other way around and and feel like okay do i do i want to work in this lab do i want to work with this person and with these people and it's not it's not super easy to find out but you definitely get a feeling when you when you're there when you talk with the pi uh, when you talk so try also to talk with as many people from this lab as possible maybe maybe also good advice is to talk with people who have been at this or who, who were at this lab and are not anymore because they maybe don't feel any can so they can be more open maybe even did you, so did you do that like contact people i i didn't contact people specifically but i i um i was talking with people who i knew you know also again from like conferences see, yeah. and so if you if you just you don't need to send them emails or so um but if you see there are people from this lab at a conference like i i, I at sfn for example i knew that there were like three people i would be interested in you know like working in their labs and I went to the posters of this group and I didn't know, I didn't know them or some of them I did, some of them I didn't know, but I just went to them and then you start chatting with them and, and you really take your time to get a feeling of, you know, also how they are and what they might or may not say about their, about their PIs. And this is, this is the information that I think to me is, is harder to get, but it's at least equally important um than you know publications and being good scientists because it's it's not going to be enough you you will spend a lot of time there you want to learn something there um so you really want to make sure that um that it's going to be a good experience because yeah there's just so many other things to that yeah i agree and i think one thing that's maybe important to bear in mind is that there are loads of great scientists who are also great people and absolutely great supervisor and all that kind of stuff so it's not like it's this thing where you're looking for like one in a million or something there's 
I think, yeah, as soon as you basically start talking to the PIs and the people in the group, it becomes fairly clear, I think, fairly quickly yes. what it's like. But if, yeah, if you don't do that, then <laughs> there's also lots of PIs who aren't maybe that great yeah. um, as mentors or whatever, right? Maybe they're great people, but they're just not great mentors or whatever. Exactly. It's, again, it's, it's not easy to find that out, but um, the best thing is really talk with as many people as possible, talk with the advisor as often as possible and also try to you know like be open and and see if they if they open ask all kinds of questions that you have and i i you know again maybe i was just lucky but i really like to think that this is what um what brought me where i am now because like again Nathia and the whole lab really like this is everything's just it's it's really a pleasure to be there to work there um, because of the people because of everybody is really good but everybody is also really nice and helpful and everybody collaborates and so you want to get a feeling yeah and, and as you said like these labs exist but you have to kind of work hard to find out where they are and um, yeah you, you really have to get a feeling for this that's what i did like i was talking with the people um and tried to get a feeling and if your feeling's not right then i wouldn't go there even if they have like 15 nature publications i i wouldn't really care because it's if it doesn't feel right then um it yeah, would yeah. be too it's risky it's not gonna feel right for a few years straight yeah exactly i mean i think uh there was actually on uh, there's a podcast much more famous than mine called everything hurts um and they talked about red flags in academia and one of the things they talked about was for labs um and they said one of the like red flags is basically if they don't if they really don't want you to talk to other people from the lab during an interview or something right yeah and um i mean maybe i can give one example and i'm because this was on his this ethos was on his website i don't think you'll mind me saying this i once applied for a phd position with Klaus stefan and i didn't get it but in that interview I mean, I'm sure there were one or two people who weren't there, but you got to meet the entire lab during the application procedure, basically. I mean, he has a big lab, so you don't meet them one by one because that would take forever. But you you basically, during the application, you got to see and briefly talk to the entire lab. And I think that's just, um, as they also in on that Everything Hurts episode mentioned, like that's a pretty good statement from the lab. If they say like, yeah, talk to anyone from the lab, you know, like talk to the people. I mean, I don't know what it's like to work in that lab because I didn't get the position, but um, I think that kind of thing, you know, same for my position now. I mean, for my, it's a bit different because Christoph Kahn, my supervisor, started his lab and hired three people kind of at the same time. So there wasn't really anyone there, um, which made that well, impossible in the literal sense. But he also said like, you know, we're at the Institute here, just meet a few people, right? Yeah. People from who were in the same lab as him before and that kind of stuff. And I think, Basically, if people do that, that's already a pretty good sign. Yeah. And I, you know, during my applications, I also had some people where I didn't meet anyone from the lab. All right. right. Not necessarily a negative sign, but not necessarily a good one either. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know it was a thing that, you know, labs might not want you to talk with the people there. But honestly, that, that, I, that doesn't sound good. So I would, yeah, exactly. I, if, if someone tells good. me, oh, yeah, no, don't talk to my employees, then I mean, yeah, this is, this is definitely a red flag. And, I also would like to add one thing and I see that if it's huge labs, you know, you probably maybe not be able, going to be able to talk with everybody. But I, I also want to say that these kind of one-on-one -on -one meetings, 
this was the really most important thing for me one-on-one -on -one yeah. meeting with the advisor but also one-on-one -on -one meeting like with as many people as possible even even if they are not even in the same lab maybe neighboring labs like every single one-on-one -on -one meeting like you 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 kind of hear things that that are really relevant and so i know it's not always possible to talk with everybody but try to do this try to do this really like when you're at conferences go to find out find out um who is working in this lab they usually have posters or just are at the conference and just go there and start talking with them and um one-on-one -on -one meetings are the best thing because then people are you know like more open and that was the main helpful thing for me so what were you looking for then was it just whether you like talking to the people and they seem like they have interesting ideas or kind of, I mean, was there anything specific that you, anything good or bad specifically you looked for? Or was it just, yeah, just get a, uh, get an idea of who the people are? I was not so much looking for ideas and also not so much uh, like, uh, obviously I was interested, but it wasn't my main focus to learn what they are doing because, you know, I wanted to, follow my own ideas and and plans anyways but obviously this is something you can easily start to talk about you know you meet someone and then you tell them who you are they tell you what they do and who they are so it's 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 a good kind of um opener but um but then um i was really interested in getting kind of the information uh, about the lab like how how it is um to work there are people you know like working together or does everybody have their own projects and basically do you have to do your own stuff yourself or is there like you know a group of people who is really like executing one project together how does this work or these kind of things like it's it's really something where it's more about like feel getting a feeling of how the kind of mentality of the pi and of the lab members are and if they like i mean the the, the critical question is do they like to be there are they happy where they are and um Everything you can talk about with them is really just to find that out. Because if they are happy, um, then you have a good chance <laughs> that you're going to be happy too, right? Yeah, and I guess many people won't say that they don't like being in the lab, but it's usually pretty clear when, <laughs> when, when that is the case, even if they won't say so explicitly. Yeah, and also, you know, many people want to talk about you know what they're going through and 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 they and they they are open but maybe not like maybe maybe you're not if you if you ask them like in a in a talk where you know like 25 people can hear them but <laughs> but um that's why i said like these one-on-one -on -one meetings you can you can ask people like pretty openly like okay how does it feel being a postdoc in this lab or how does it feel like doing your phd in this lab and maybe not everybody but at least some people will give you an honest opinion and that 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 to me is the information that you want to to get in addition to you know like how is the science how are the papers how are the opportunities how is the equipment all of that is interesting but the more interesting but harder to get information is really like are the people there happy with like the mentoring, with the management, with um, collaborations, having having good teachers, these kind of things? This is this is what you want to find out. And I think after talking um, with people for a little bit, um, most of the time, many many PhD students and postdocs are uh, happy to you know talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. I have a yeah, not sure whether you'll be able to answer this question, but I guess just let me know if you can't. 
you know, for example, in in my case, one thing I'm thinking about, I don't think I'll do it, but one thing I'm kind of playing around is the idea of saying like, okay, I've done stuff with humans now. It might be interesting to say, to take the stuff I've learned with humans and actually apply it to animal studies. Yeah, not sure whether I'll actually do that. Um, but this would, of course, in my case, mean a, a change of not necessarily field per se, but definitely methodology. And I guess in your case, uh, the, maybe the reason why I'm asking you is because as far as I can tell, in your PhD or before your postdoc, you'd been doing fMRI analysis and in your postdoc, you're using basically EEG analysis, right? I mean, it's intracranial, but it's still EEG. And yeah, I mean, maybe was that was that a problem f- that you, you know, didn't, as far as I can tell, have direct experience in the methods you're going to use? Oh yeah, how, yeah. It's a very good question, but I always think it's the other way around. But I might be wrong. For it. I, I guess it depends on the lab and again what they're looking for. But I think in my case it was more like the other way around, and I also I also think it can be the other way around more often because if the you, other way around, you mean what exactly? Um, so you're saying. Well, you, you, you were asking if it's a disadvantage that you don't kind of have the complete expertise that might be needed to do this postdoc. But I think it can be the other way around as, as in it can be an advantage Mm -hmm. because what, because, you know, what people bring to the lab is also very important for the PI. And if you just bring stuff that's already there, it's not gonna help them as much as, you know, if there is somebody who, who's kind of, doing something related or you know obviously you want to have some overlap you want to say okay yeah i i have these cool ideas and i want to do this and i have some background also but you kind of come from a different angle and in my case yes it was a different method but still if you you kind of have a different angle it opens up an opportunity for them as well because they get a different perspective maybe new ideas fresh ideas creative ideas you know i can imagine I, i don't know i have never worked in a lab that's doing um animal research rodent research but i can imagine that if you are like a rodent research lab it might it might open up a a million opportunities um, or at least ideas if you have a person who is who has done or has been doing something similar like in humans right because then then you can go in a more like transitional phase from you know like rodents to humans and, and 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 ask different questions or just get different perspectives so i think and and that's that's how i would frame it also if you apply and if you talk with um potential PIs, I would not say, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect because I I don't have like experience with um, animal research. I would say like, okay, well, I would love to, you know, like investigate what I have done in humans and try to, you know, like tackle whatever this or that specific questions in animals to kind of bridge the gap or something. You know what I'm saying? So, so I would, I would, I would use it as an advantage and not as kind of a, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Going in by saying, hi, I'm not perfect, but can I still have a job? <laughs> it's maybe not the greatest way to start it. But um, it was also just, I guess what I'm also curious about is, I mean, I guess if, you, if you're if you good with MRI analysis and programming and uh, basic maths or whatever, then learning EEG isn't the hardest thing. But it's also, I mean, for example, with animal research for me right now, the question is, do I want to spend that much time learning how to do those things during a postdoc? Or is it just going to take too much time of a postdoc? And then by the end, I'll have learned another thing, but not really have not, you know, not have much to show for it, that kind of thing. 
I guess it depends on like also the length of your contract and that kind of stuff. But I see. You know, if you have a two-year postdoc. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would base this decision really on, on if you're interested in it, right? If it's just, you know, something that you want to put on your CV, I mean, maybe it's not worth, you know, just going a completely different direction because it sounds good. But if you, if that's what you want to do, if you really want to do, um, rodent research, but you only have experience with, um, with human research before, then, uh, yeah, sure. Then it's definitely worth, you know, spending the time and, 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 and finding a lab where you can do that. And, and then there are for sure ways to, you know, like phrase that and frame that so that it, so that it's an advantage that you don't have this experience. But I think it, this, this, this is really like what, what, this is really a question of what are you interested in? And, um, if you are ultimately interested in doing human research, then I don't think it's worth spending a lot of time to do something else. And then, because then at the end, you want to have another transition back to, it's 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 really just what you want to do yeah exactly and i don't know whether i'm gonna do it even apply for stuff but it's just one of those yeah i guess this part it's it's a it's an outside thought i have and i guess also lots of listeners will have something similar where they you know i've done memory research but the new lapse in perception or whatever, you know whatever it might be but that's but that's a that's that's one of these things i meant that's a perfect kind of that's actually not a disadvantage. It's a perfect thing, right? Because there are like so many ways to combine this. And that, that to me would be the, the big selling point, like how you sell yourself to a potential employer, right? So you say, Oh yeah, I have, I have experience in, you know, perception and there are a million ways to, to merge that with what you are doing. So please give me a job. And then, um, if it feels right, then you got it. So that's, that's what I do. I, I would, I would totally use that as an advantage. Um, maybe as a kind of last question about postdoc stuff is maybe like what exactly is this is a broad question but what exactly is the purpose of a postdoc like what maybe phd and postdoc like what am i supposed to be able to do or know or whatever i mean is phd maybe i for me let's say maybe phd was something where i really wanted to figure out what i wanted to do as in terms of like i'd done lots of different things before um like pretty varied and but I didn't, and I had like a few things I was interested in, but it didn't narrow down to like a specific question or topic per se. And, you know, now I've kind of, I think I found that. So that's, for me, that counts as a success for, for my PhD. Um, so like, I don't know, what's the postdoc stage for? Um, yeah. So I can imagine that this, this can be very different. So I can yeah. tell you wh how, how it is for me, how I feel about it. Um, for me, being a PhD student was really kind of to learn the the basics and the fundamentals of being a scientist and also yeah also find your direction that's to and then it's great that you can already say that that you did that because that's that's I think it's it's a very important step also to you know, to figure out what you're interested in and what you want to do and then finding kind of your your career theme so to say so that's that's a good thing um, but for me PhD is really learning, um, learning and, and being trained in being a scientist. Um, so then postdoc for me, you know, there is obviously an overlap because I'm still learning all the time. And, 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 and so obviously, and, and also I, uh, like I found a very nice career theme only like during my postdoc, basically. I mean, or at least be, it's getting more and more specific during my postdoc. But for me, postdoc is more like 
learning how to be also not only like a scientist, but also how to work in academia or in this kind of, in this setting, which includes many more things than just, you know, knowing what you're interested in and doing it in terms of techniques and analysis and all these kind of things. But it's, it's what I said before. It's like, being a postdoc, you should try to get as much experience and, and learn how to be like a mentor, how to be a manager, like, you know, how to manage projects, maybe even multiple projects at the same time, how to get an overview, how to get the big picture kind of, right? So, um, or how to be a teacher also. So that to me, it's like the PhD prepares you how to be like a scientist in terms of how to do the work. But then um, being a postdoc, hopefully is more the phase where you learn how to be a PI, how to be a leader kind of. And that to me is just to circle back to what I said before, that is exactly also why you want to make sure that the person you're learning from, like in my case, Nantia, you want, you want to make sure that that this person um, can teach you that. And Nantia is like really, that that's, uh, to me, it feels like that's her, or that's one of her main strengths is like, she's such a great mentor and manager. And like, these are things that I have not learned during my PhD. And I didn't even focus on because you're doing science, you're doing your projects, but here I really learn and, and she involves me in things um, that are, that are, you know, beyond working on a project. It's really like how, how to you know manage things how to how to mentor students these these kind of things also how to even you know like survive in academia like like networking how how do you get a job all of these things they come you know like on top of doing your project um this is the important thing at least during my postdoc time and yeah this this is also what makes it great being in this particular lab because um I learn from like really good examples like Nantia and also others are just, you know, like doing this really, really well and, and they involve me. And this is why I, you know, why I'm happy to be a postdoc here. And, you know, like, um, so imagine after your PhD, you directly be a PI. That's, that's all stuff that you've never learned. You, you have no idea how to, how to be like a manager and a mentor and all these kind of things. And may, maybe you're just naturally really good at it, but it's definitely helpful, at least for me to, to see this, um, based on other people who are really good at it. So you've mentioned you've kind of found your research theme or narrowed it down a bit during your postdoc. Um, what's, what is that research theme, uh, or what's kind of stuff you want to be doing in the next few years or maybe even long-term future? So, um, I started first a bit more like on a broader scale with spatial navigation and, you know, this cognitive map thing, like, how do you know where you are? How do we all know where we are? How do we find our way around? And I, I, and during my postdoc, I was also following that, um, that kind of idea and this direction, but, so the next step is basically, and this is what I, what I've already started doing with the, with the nature paper. And this is what I want to, I basically want to build upon this and go um, further in this direction. And I'm very happy that I found this kind of career theme because it's very interesting. It seems like also the community and you know, kind of hopefully funding agencies and all of the, like it's, it's just, it's just something that people are interested in. And this is, this is like, you know, how do we not only, you know, like, 
navigate in our environment? How do we know where we are? But also how do we integrate other things in a more naturalistic um, scenario? How do we integrate, for example, other people into our cognitive map, right? How do we know where other people are? How do we know where objects are? And one specific thing that I want to add to that, and this is something that I'm, it's more like a plan for the future. We haven't done that um, yet, but um, this, this should kind of go um, into this career theme is um, I would like to combine all of this by not only researching, you know, like where we are, where someone else is, but also who they are in terms of there, there's just so much we, we don't understand about, you know, how do we keep track of where we are? How do we keep tra track of where other people, for example, are? But then also the social aspect of this, like who are they in terms of, you know, your social or emotional or hierarchical relationships, for example, um, all of this plays a very important role in, you know, like how do we encode where someone else is but also who this other person is and ultimately this is also going to be very important you know not only for basic scientific understanding of how the brain works but also all of these functions are strongly affected by by you know um, different um, neurodegenerative diseases for example um, just thinking of alzheimer as one example that there are many many more where these functions of the brain are pretty heavily kind of compromised and impaired. So this is, this is definitely what I, what I first, you know, want to try to establish kind of a fundamental understanding of these things. Like where are we? Where are others? Who are others? What's kind of the, how do we encode information about others? Because if we have this understanding, then we can also think about, you know, how can we help people where um, these functions are impaired? like um, Alzheimer's or yeah. or other other disease cases. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I'm happy about this as well because this is something that I'm I'm very interested in and I think it's also it's just really it can be potentially like really impactful and helpful <laughs> not only for careers but also for people in general and with the perspective of you know being very useful for for clinical cases <laughs> <laughs>